Oh, snap, snap, snap. The world is finally waking up to the crap that's baked into and sprayed on kibble dog food. No longer can commercial pet food manufacturers fool us with pretty pictures and false promises. This is the raw dog food truth. The view and opinions expressed on this podcast are not intended to replace medical advice. Before starting any raw diet, do research, ask lots of questions, and consult your vet. Well, hello, Raw Feeders. I'm Dee Dee Mercer Moffat, the CEO of Raw Dog Food and Company, where your pet's health is our business and we're friends. Don't let friends feed kibble. Well, today, oh my gosh, Neely and I are so excited to have Peggy Hall on. Peggy Hall is the healthy American. We've been talking about her for the last couple of days on our podcast about why we want to have Peggy Hall on. And, you know, Neely and I, one of our missions is to help pet parents grow their courage. And when I think about somebody that has enormous courage in the face of enormous pushback, nonsensical um, thoughts in the world, I mean, Peggy Hall is that person. And so Peggy was out there and you were talking, Peggy, about rabies. And Neely and I said, oh my gosh, we've got to have her on the podcast because we want you to help us help our pet parents have courage. So welcome to the Raw Dog Food Truth. I am so happy to be here. Can't wait to dive into all these truths. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I got to ask you a question. Were you just born with this much courage or how do you think courage is really built in a person? Courage is, I'm one of those people who think that courage is a result. So many people are waiting around to feel brave, to feel that everything's all their decks in a row, to get up the courage to take action. I think you have to take action first and then you feel courageous. It's actually a side effect. It's actually a result. If you wait around to feel powerful enough, brave enough, courageous enough, you're going to be waiting a long, long time. And you know that fear is what has been crippling so many people, especially over the last few years here. I call it the hogwash that's been sloshed all over us. So I focus on the truth. I focus on how I can help. And I don't think about all of the other things, all of the naysayers. I just focus on the yaysayers who want to hear the message. I know it won't resonate with everyone. There will be people that won't be able to see or hear or understand, and that's okay. We still need to keep going. We still need to keep speaking. I consider myself an encourager, as uh, you folks are, and that's what we're here for, is to give knowledge, inspiration, empowerment, so that when people know that they're not alone. They can act and then feel that sense of courage. You know, you um, above anybody else that I know was, or, and maybe still, I don't know where this vaccine exemption is today, but I actually met a girl in my gym a couple of weeks ago and you helped her write her vaccine exemption. She was, or she was a nurse at the time. Now she's moved over into the ER. Um, but we were talking and I asked her, she knew, she goes, oh my gosh, she helped me write my vaccine exemption and helped me stay in my job um, when she wasn't going to be able to. So that's something that you were extremely instrumental in. How did you learn how to do that, Peggy? 
I've always had a fascination with the law. I'm not an attorney. I have actually advised attorneys over these last few years, especially about discrimination policy. That's what's at the root of these religious exemptions. It really has nothing to do with a person's faith in terms of you have a right to have a job. You have a right to be in a public place without any discrimination based on your age, your race, your gender, your uh, medical condition, and your religious beliefs. So it's all lumped into the category of civil rights. And I cannot stand to see people be bullied, to be ridiculed, to be mocked, to be coerced, intimidated, threatened. I've always been that way. I remember in fourth grade, we had an exchange student who came from Samoa and he looked nothing like any of us. And he was the target of, you know, jokes and teasing. And I, I felt it in my heart. I felt the, the sorrow, the, the empathy, the compassion. I've always had that. I literally am for the underdog. I've been in animal rescue for many years. And whether it's, you know, fourth grade exchange students, whether it's animals that are abandoned and neglected and, you know, uh, harmed, or whether it's adults or children, I cannot stand to see people be bullied. And for some reason, God has gifted me with an ability to read between the lines. I can read quickly and I can understand the law. And my background's in political science and international law and policy, but I never went to law school. I think that serves me because I'm not in their spin cycle of right. twisting things. I'm like really pure and direct and simple. I just read it and I understand it. And it started out a couple of years ago where people contacted me because I had spoken out via the Healthy American about the laws that were being broken in terms of telling people to close their businesses. There never was and never can be any legitimate authority for you to be told that you can't run your business unless you're breaking a, a valid law. But without regulation, there can be no violation. There never was and never can be a law regarding wearing a mask. It, it's ridiculous. It's like there would be a law requiring you to be sterilized. That's probably down the horizon. We know they do it to our animals. But the fact is, I started out by just helping people understand their rights. And then when the religious exemption you know, thing came around, I thought to myself, why do people need my help? All you need to do is tell them it's against your religion. Don't we live in the United States of America? And in the early days, that's kind of what happened. People just said, no, I, I object to this based on religious grounds, just like a Jew or a Muslim can refuse to eat a ham sandwich. And the employer can't come back and say, well, how about just eat the bacon bits? Yet that's what the employers were doing. They were applying all of these, what I call slimy tactics to try to trap employees and coerce them and make them feel. And in many cases, they not just feel, but they were uh, terminated. They were put on unpaid leave, which is illegal. That would be like you coming to work pregnant and they say, well, uh, we can't have that. Our, our company policy is that you have to have an abortion. Like, well, your company policy has nothing to do with my individual rights. So we set about educating thousands of people, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people. If I look at the number of views of my videos and we had to counter their ridiculous comebacks every step of the way. Imagine telling your employer that you keep your body pure, you keep your blood pure. God told you to reject vaccination and they come back and say, well, I don't believe you. It's like, well, do you want to take it up with God? What do you mean you don't believe me? How can I prove a belief? It's not a fact. 
It's my belief. It's a relationship between me and my creator. No one knows the soul of man, certainly not the HR department at Kaiser. And they were the ones that were coming back saying, well, prove it. Why did you choose this Bible verse? Explain to me this Bible verse. So we spun it around and we said, okay, you're going to invite your HR manager to Bible study. You're going to try to proselyze to them and tell them that Jesus loves them and that you want to see them baptized. You're going to turn it 180 to prove your sincerity, even though the law doesn't require it. You want to play? Let's play. I recommended that people put up you know, posters with Bible verses, send out little memes with you know, crosses and so forth, because the fact that you have to prove your faith it's, it's just mind boggling. So at every step of the way, we countered their ridiculous questions and statements. Someone would say, I keep my body pure. And they'd say, well, don't you ever go to the dentist? As if going to the dentist is on par with injecting yourself with an untested biological agent. As I've said, even if they work, even if they contain Hershey's chocolate syrup, I'm never going to do it. Why? It's my body and I have sovereignty over it. So we really expanded this into educating the employers that this is a civil rights issue. Take the vaccination status out of it. It's not, are you vaccinated or unvaccinated? It's, are you trampling on my civil rights or are you allowing for them? And the law requires you to accommodate me. Get this. People that were working remotely, people that had been hired as a remote employee, like on a call center that had worked for 10, 20 years, for example, the Department of the Treasury, we've helped people in so many branches of the federal government. They were told that they had to be vaccinated to keep their job, and they never have ever set foot in the agency or a department, and they were never around anyone else. So we fought that tooth and nail. They were told that they had to be on a Zoom meeting like this with their face covered. So this is a mental illness. And we exposed this constant testing as hypochondria. Would you go to the doctor and say, I think I have tuberculosis? Your doctor's going to say, well, what are your symptoms? Oh, I don't have any. Well, are you coughing up blood? Have you been around anyone that has tuberculosis? Have you traveled to a country with tuberculosis? No, 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 but I want to be tested. But what are your symptoms? Yet these employers, backed by millions and millions and millions of dollars of out of our tax money, plus the money they printed out of thin air, was given to these companies to tighten the screws on the employees. And I exposed the hypocrisy of this constant testing. Some of these health workers were being told they had to be tested daily. That would be like wearing crutches to work just in case your leg was broken and you didn't know it. So I had to expose the hypocrisy and how a doctor, if you went to a doctor every day or every other day, or even once a week, or even once a month to say, I want to be tested for AIDS and I want to be tested for um, hepatitis and I want to be tested for tuberculosis. Well, after the first time they test you, they're going to tell you not to come back. In fact, they're going to refer you to a psychiatrist because you have a mental illness called hypochondria. So we, we put all of this out there. And because of the money running out, because of the number of people dropping dead, because of the number of people that went along with it, and the number of people that we helped, the companies really started to ease off of those restrictions. I will say that Amtrak... Um, Wells Fargo and Southwest, according to their employees, 
came back and told me it was because of the work that I had done that they got rid of the exemptions. In fact, I had another um, somebody from a big company like IBM say, Peggy, these executives know who you are and they do not like how effective your work is. I was simply teaching them the law. So I am so tickled when I hear of people like this, like, oh, my hairdresser in Idaho got your help. And I'm not an attorney and we, we don't really write anything for the people. What we do is we educate them on, the, on their rights. We help them express their faith. Many people are never called on to express their faith. Imagine if you had to prove your love for your partner. How could you do that? Your love for your parents, your child, your pet. Prove it. I don't believe you love your dog. Prove it. What do you mean prove it? This is what they were doing to people. You can see I get very upset about it, <laughs> but I'm, I'm glad that I did it. My husband is a pastor. He brought the Christian worldview, but we've helped Muslims. We've helped atheists. We've helped Buddhists and Sikh. fill in the blank. The beauty of our nation is that it was founded on the freedom to worship as you desire. We are here to protect the atheist point of view. We are not proselytizing. We are here to say, you have the right for your belief under this law, and we are going to help you fight for it and educate the ignorant, the incompetent, and the intentionally, uh, those that are intentionally deceiving you. Many, many lawsuits are in the works right now. I heard from a client that we helped at uh, NBC. It's like also, I think it's Paramount Studios. It's all mixed in together. He had been a set designer for 25 years. He did his exemption. They put him on unpaid leave. They tried everything to get him to quit. He stood strong. I think they finally terminated him. He went to the EEOC, the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. And with our guidance and instruction in terms of what to ask for and how to fight back, not only was he reinstated, I don't even know if he agreed to do that, but not only did they have to give him his job back, they had to give him a settlement. And this is the best part of all in my view. The company had to admit that they were wrong and that they would never discriminate on against someone on religious grounds again. That is worth all the sleepless nights, all the millions of emails, all of the fight, all of the, the naysayers, all of the, the haters. I don't actually care. I, it, it doesn't bother me because I'm serving God. I'm serving the truth. I'm serving my fellow, um, you know, fellow mankind, fellow humankind. So long answer to your question, but I'm so passionate about this. Yeah. And I, I see that. And, and we understand that because of the passion that we have for what we do. Right. And Neely being one of the top pet nutritionists in the country, right. A homeopath, uh, both of us have been feeding raw for over, you know, two decades now, a very long time, but we have a lot of pushback. And obviously that is from, uh, as Robert Kennedy uh, Jr. would call them the pharmaceutical cartel. Right. So we, we, uh, it, it, it's a tough job when we see so many sick pets coming through right? From big pet food, from um, all of the different pharmaceuticals that they are pumping into their pet. I was telling Neely, I was at breakfast this morning and, and I had on my raw dog food sweatshirt, but there, but she didn't see me. There was a vet sitting um, a little ways away from me. And she was talking to this guy about his pets who were having these allergies and everything that she said was in absolute um, 
uh, op- opposition of what we would say, right? Uh, she was saying that all uh, that cytopoint, you know, one of the the drugs that we see that goes into animals all the time that causes cancer. She said it's a miracle drug. And, it's horrendous. It's horrendous. You know, and she she was talking about that um, dogs have allergies because this, this, and this, and so just put them on a vegan diet with organs. And I know, and right? <laughs> I'm about to come out of my skin, but. So I can't believe she didn't. <laughs> I was just like, what? You know, but um, so we, you know, we are very passionate, but at the same time, we have the FDA always trying to come down on the raw dog food companies um, and and pushing everything that we do. So the one of the personal questions I think that that and Neely's a little bit better at this than I am of letting things go. But because I'm the CEO of this company, and as you know, we we deal with so many different people. How, how do you, um, how do you continue uh, to do, as you were saying, what you know to be the best thing and factual, scientifically backed, what we do? But you, but you, how, how do you stay in the world, but not of the world, Peggy? Because that's the thing, you know, I see all these things. I worry about the FDA uh, shutting us down. Certainly the information that they push out to our pet parents is absolutely wrong. And because we don't have the doctor, the white coat on, right? We're just dog food salespeople. And that's really not how we built this company. We built it on education. How do you walk in the world, but not be of the world and do what you need to do without losing your freaking mind? <laughs> oh, I lose my freaking mind. I have <laughs> absolutely. Uh, some of my earlier videos, I really would flip my lid because I just could not believe that people couldn't see what I could see. And over time, I, try, I, I tried all different techniques. So I tried to be very calm, like, let me explain why suffocating yourself might have harmful consequences. And then I was called a hater and I'm killing people. And then I, I would do the complete 180 and I'd fly off the handle. You know, I can't believe you can't see this. So I've done all of the approaches and, you know, they're all valid. I don't regret my rants. I don't regret flipping my lid. And I think there is a time for that as long as no one gets hurt. But it, these emotions are valid. Anger, frustration, these are normal emotions that are a response to an injustice. So as you said, you were just crawling out of your skin hearing this incorrect information and you wanted to you know, immediately rectify it. And that always motivates me. That keeps me going because I really focus on truth. But what I focus on more than that, it, well, always the truth is what drives the train. But I think about those passengers in, in the train and I concentrate on those that I have helped. The I've got bins and bins and bins of thousands and thousands of thank you letters of, of cards, words of encouragement, people that have written to me saying, you don't even know me and you have no idea the impact that you had on my life. Even if it was just one person, I would be, thank you, Lord. I've fulfilled my um, calling. I've used my gifts as intended and I can feel satisfied in the work that I've done, but it's, Go, it's ongoing. And I'm sure you have that as well. The pet parents that are saying my animal has healed. There's, you know, my, uh, like I've got my girl Teddy here. She's got so much more energy on the diet. I mean, the diet is huge. So I focus on 
those success stories and I focus on the truth. And I really try to leave the naysayers out of it. I rarely, if ever, address the haters. Every once in a while I do, if there's something I feel can be instructive. When I mean address that, I mean in a public you know, platform. In the early days, I would email people back and try to explain things. And I realized they were operating on fear. Yeah. And I was the object of their frustration and fear. Fill in the blank with anyone else. I just happened to be an easy target because I was a public figure. So I'm not going to say it doesn't sting because it does. But deeper than that is the sorrow that they can't see it. That And that is what drives me to continue. But I will also say, Didi, that I do take time for self-care. The entire first year of the hogwash from 2020 to 2021, I probably slept three to four hours a night. I neglected laundry, dishes, grocery shopping. Of course, there wasn't anywhere to go or do anyway. But I basically, you know, the laundry wasn't done. The I just worked on helping people literally 24 seven. And I couldn't even keep up with the influx of emails. So I started creating programs where they could stand alone and people could click and watch and get my most requested information. And that is all available over at thehealthyamerican.org. And then I got some haters saying, I can't believe you're charging for your information. Mm, I'm like, well, yeah. that's interesting because I have thousands of free videos, absolutely free, where I teach you everything that's in the class but you don't watch it because you didn't pay for it. But when you pay for it, suddenly it becomes valuable to you and you sit and you watch because now you realize. And by the way, I paid for this shirt. I paid for this necklace. I paid for the microphone because you have an exchange of value. So I had an opportunity to educate people who understandably, I will say, I could see their point of view that because I was speaking about freedom and rights and standing up against government corruption they had an idea that all of this was for, you know, the public good and that I was doing this. And I was, I was doing all of that for free. I wasn't doing any of it for money until people really needed to get my professional help. But anyway, just another example of the naysayers that I answered, but I still kept doing what was right for me. But what happened is after a year of no sleep, of no exercise, of, you know, I should have gone on the raw food diet, on, you know, bad nutrition. I had all, everything was locked up in my shoulder and my neck, and I was in so much pain in my body. And I realized, and my background is in health and wealth. (laughs) I like that wealth. I was going to say wellness, health and wellness equals wealth. I like that wealthness. And I realized I had to take care of me. So I went back to what I knew, which was good sleep. I'm still trying to dial that in. It it is a tough one to get the right hours and all. The good food, which I'm back on, the exercise, which I'm back on, the healthy mental outlook, the spiritual, the social, the all of those things. And I actually did a class called Mind Body Makeover because people said, Peggy, you look so different from year one to year two. What did you do? And I share every single secret in that online class, And I I talk about personal things that I don't talk about on the public platforms. I talk about all of the details down to people wanting to know what color my lipstick was. I shared everything with them because I decided that in order to sustain 
this level of output. I had to take care of myself. Imagine if I neglected my animals, if I never uh, you know, fed them correctly, or I didn't allow them to rest, or I never let them go for a walk or exercise. It would be this animal cruelty. Yet I was perpetrating that upon myself. So taking care of yourself for those, like we all are here, really we're bucking the trend. We're swimming upstream. I, I have a t-shirt that it says zig with a line through it and then zag because when society tells me to zig, I zag. I'm going to do it my way that resonates with um, you know, who I am and, and my, my goals, my needs, all of that stuff. And so that's how I do it, Dee Dee. And then I take breaks. We have to take breaks from time to time. You sound like Neely because Neely's always like, I do the exact opposite or do the exact opposite <laughs> that uh, the pharmaceutical salespeople, you know, whether that's for yourself or your dog. Good uh, place to start. Just do the opposite. Right. right? right? Fine tune it from there. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, I don't even do, I don't even do like the eight glasses of water anymore. Like, okay, maybe I can do that differently too. Maybe I can get my, my fluids from my juicy fruits. I mean, there's always a way to dig deeper and I'm always questioning. So, <laughs> So, you know, one of the things that we, um, I think that we, we do, and maybe it's just our nature, you, me, Neely, we all sort of have that same kind of, um, personality, but for a lot of our pet parents, Peggy, they see somebody in an authority figure like the vet. Okay. And they just blindly follow just like everybody did in the last three years. And so one of the things that the podcast is always about is trying to give them information because if you're not educated, right, all of the things that you put out over the last three years to help people understand what the law was, what the rights were, what their rights were, um, unless you have that, you just kind of, you know, fall for anything, right? So how would you say that people can, that aren't courageous, that haven't taken those steps, that are waiting for courage just to fall upon yes. them. And as you say, it doesn't happen <laughs> that way, right? All of my years being on stage, you know, certainly when I uh, sang the national anthem for the New York Yankees, right? So I walk out there and that's a ginormous place. I didn't just do that. That wasn't the first time I'd been on stage. I'd been on stage my entire life, right? So you have to practice that over and over and over again. But there's got to be some sort of steps that you would say, here's what you've got to do when you're standing in front of, when you're confronted with an employer that wants you to do something you don't want to do or that you don't know whether you should do. Um, but this is the problem that we have with our pet parents. And I'm hoping that you can help enlighten them or help give them some sort of guidance on how do they push back when somebody is bullying them, standing over them, with some, you know, facade of authority. It goes so deep, Dee Dee. I did a video called, how did we get in this mess? And it goes back to, un I know it sounds like I'm a psychologist or something, but anybody can really relate to this. It goes back to a lot of how we were brought up. And there are some children that were brought up to rely on authority. There were some that were brought up without any authority. It was just a free for all. And they're seeking that because they never had boundaries or guidance or somebody to tell them what to do or how to uh, you know, develop or grow. So I think there is a lot of unresolved 
um, emotional stuff that people carry around and they don't want to rely on, they don't want to trust themselves. They don't want to trust their instincts. They don't want to trust their own knowledge. They don't even want to gather that knowledge. They want someone else to tell them how to do it. I've had people say, I don't have time to watch your video. Can you just tell me? And I'm like, oh, well, then it must not be that important to you because I took the time to research and create the video mm -hmm. for you to learn from. And some people, frankly, I just don't know if they're capable of, of doing it or not. I think there will always be, you've heard of that 80-20 rule where sadly, it's like 20% of the people are going to get it. And then out of that 20%, you know, another 20% will be the experts at it and, and really get it. It's just, I think some people are actually... There are those that, that I believe it will have a difficult time doing it. There are others that just need to learn how to do it. And I would say, go back and remember times in your life when you have held a vision of a certain outcome and it came true for you. Think back to some of your greatest accomplishments. And I guarantee you, it's going to be an accomplishment that came out of adversity and hardship. One thing that troubles me about our society is they try to equalize and, you know, dust aside, brush aside uh, adversity as though we all are supposed to be born with an easy, you know, smooth sailing and everything's, hey, I had somebody email me once saying, well, when much has been given to you, you should give back. And I'm like, why do you think it was given to me? I worked for it. I earned it. I invested in it. But it's this kind of concept of, well, you have it and I want it. So there... Uh, there are some people that have that outlook, but I actually welcome adversity. I welcome the storms. They help me grow. I do have a channel on YouTube called Living Swell, and I talk about these topics in detail, how to have more confidence, how to get over procrastination. Perfectionism can stop a lot of people. How to stand up for yourself. I cover these in great detail, and the common thread is to recognize and claim and embrace the fact that you are worthy. You are worthy to stand up for yourself. You don't have to do it perfectly. What you want matters, even if it's in conflict with someone else. So a lot of there's a lot of growth and a lot of learning that needs to go on. When it comes to the white coats, whether it be the veterinarians, the doctors, the pharmacists, uh, I remember once a long years ago, I was in the grocery store and I saw my doctor and he was just wearing a shirt like he was going grocery shopping. And I thought, this is the man I trust. <laughs> it completely knocked out my, oh, he's just a human being. So we have to remember that these are just, I, yeah, never went back to that. that doctor. We have to remember these are just human beings and they're not infallible. And the other thing I want to say is you can do it. There are people that have come to me saying, I can't figure this out. It's far too complicated. I don't know where I'm going with this. And our job, my husband and I, was we would show them it's so simple. There are two steps. You tell them you object to the cocktail, as I call it, and they accommodate you. That's all. Now, we'll help you fill in all the levels and all, but that's it. So to help people understand that they can understand it, it's not above them. Our society, unfortunately, 
elevates certain professions above others. I've always spoken out against this. Yes, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm grateful for doctors and teachers, and but I got an electrician coming in an hour. I really need him. And, and he is the top guy on the totem pole right now. And if you've ever needed a plumber or somebody to you know dig out a, a dead tree or whatever, I do not care for this idolize, uh, putting teachers as, you know, like on a pedestal. Teacher knows best. You know, teacher of the year. I've been a teacher. I'm a human being like everybody else. So I don't care for the elevation. Granted, they've studied more, you know, veterinarians, and but what did they it's study? The wrong thing. The wrong yes. thing. They all learned the wrong thing. <laughs> We're starting from a better spot because we don't have to, well, I guess I have learned the wrong things too, but at least I was smart enough to unlearn them, right? That's right. And willing to do that. So I think there is, you you started out the podcast, Didi, with the concept of courage. And I, I it's so appropriate because people want to be told what, some people want to be told what to do. They want to rely on an authority. Why is that? Because then they're not responsible. Exactly. Well, the doctor told me to take this. But did you ever research it? Did you ever look at other things? I had a friend that said, I never question what the pastor tells me at the pulpit. Ooh. I'm like, I go right home and I research everything he said. If he tells <laughs> me to read a book, I want to know the author, what the author's yeah. views are. I'm the exact opposite. So there are people that want to be told what to do, how to live, how to make those choices. My compassionate heart goes out to them because I think it's such a an unfulfilling life that you are not responsible for, for you, for your results. And people, some people want that. I think our society emphasizes that it's always telling you, let the government decide, you know, go to these experts and there's nothing wrong with gathering information. You guys are the experts on the raw food. You should gather the information, but take it, consider it, match it against what you want or know or desire. So for those that are still struggling, find a buddy who maybe can stand up for you like Pastor David and I have. You don't have to go through this alone. We can be your moral support, your coach in the corner. Be open to another perspective. Even in all of this hogwash, as I call it, I want to hear what other people have to say. I had a, a lengthy conversation with a uh, the daughter of a friend of mine in the early days, all about the suffocation devices. And I wanted to hear her point of view. I could not imagine why she felt that way. And as she started talking, she came to her own conclusion that it sounded sort of ridiculous now that you think of it without me saying anything other than asking questions. So find a buddy, find support. You don't have to do this alone. Other people can have the moral, spiritual um, just social support for you. And then focus on your past wins, your past successes, your accomplishments that were born from hardship and remind yourself. My favorite expression that I tell myself all the time is I will handle whatever comes up. I will handle whatever comes up. I don't need to project and think about the worst things in the world. I'm going to take it one step at a time and I'll handle each thing as it comes up. How do I know that? I'm still standing. I've done it so far, made a few mistakes along the way, stuff I wish I hadn't done, stuff which I had done, but that helps me going forward. So cut yourself a break. If you feel overwhelmed, I'm speaking to the audience. If, I'm, if they're feeling overwhelmed about the choices, about the information, I don't know where to get started. 
Rely on people that can walk you through it. Consider changing your perspective. You can always change it back. I did this with a lot of parents with homeschooling. I said, why, are you, why do you have them on this remote learning where they're so depressed and not? Just do your own, I call it freedom learning. Go out, play, have some adventures. They're going to be learning. I said, you can always go back to school later, but do it for now. And by and large, those that took their children out did not put them back in because they tried it. So, you know, try the raw food. Try this other way. Try the natural holistic approach. You can always go back. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. That approach keeps a lot of people stuck. Yeah. One of the things, uh, one of the statements, Neely, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, that that uh, we have, uh, uh, I, I would like to hear your perspective because I think it goes along with what you were dealing with and what you were helping people with in the last three years. But this is the comment that we hear a lot, Peggy, in regards to people who put toxins in their dogs, okay, meaning rabies, those mandates that they come down on the dogs. And then we see an epidemic of itchy dogs. We see an epidemic of cancer dogs. We see this. So the comment is this. I They want us to fit, help fix their dog, but they say... um, well, I had to do it. I had to do it. And Neely's always like, well, that doesn't. Well, you didn't. I, I Well, and this comes up too. When I, Oh, sorry, Dee. No, Did no, no, have... say it. No, no. But, but what we're saying is whether you had to or not does not change the consequences that you are now um, having to live with. Right, Neely? I mean. Yeah. And, and it's amazing to me, you know, talking about trust the professionals and we're trained to do that and not question all that. When I was managing the boarding facility, you know, the state requires you to require certain vaccines, but anybody that wanted to know, I would give them the way around, you know. Um, there's always and, another uh, way. <laughs> there's always another way, right? And so if you want to know, I'm going to tell you, but I'm going to be sure you're not an undercover inspector or something first. But, you know, anyway, um, but when you're, you know, you'd be signing somebody up, taking their intake and, and all, and they would have no idea what vaccines their dogs had had or had not had or how current they were or whatever. And I'm like, uh, seriously, you, you, you know, it's bad enough to give them in the first place, but to just give someone else free reign to give them whatever they feel like doing that day and have no cognizance about what it is. I, I mean, that to me is just mind blowing. That, that, that goes back to what you were saying, though, that people want to be told what to do. There was no research into what is in this vial that is going into your body, right? right. What is mm -hmm. in that vial that is going into your dog? And what are the long-term effects of it? What are the side effects? And we definitely have that information. But how do you respond to people who say, yes, but I had to? <laughs> yeah, that's a, a favorite refrain from people who said, I had to, uh, you know, get the shot to keep my job. I had to, so I could fly uh, to see my grandkids. I had to, so I could go on the cruise. And those are choices. And, you know, if you made that choice, just admit it you know, claim it, say, I chose to do that because you always have another way you can, I've never participated in any 
of the tyranny that was sloshed all over us. I never did any test. I never did any suffocation. I certainly never became a human pincushion. What really troubles me though, is with the animals because the animals don't have the, the opportunity to object. They are literally at the hands of their pet parents. Think about our society and how they refer to it, right? Oh, did did your um did your little buddy get his puppy shots? It sounds so innocuous. Oh, puppy shots, like um, oh, a treat or something. No, puppy shots, you mean the poison that is unnecessary? Now, I was ignorant like like many people because you just do what they tell you. And my Teddy, who is now 13, and I found her as an abandoned little puppy on I thought it was a wounded rabbit on the side of the road. And you, you know, take the dog to take the little puppy to the vet to get all checked out. And then before you know it, they uh, they're checking and bathing and they hand you back and they're like, OK, here's all the, the shots she got. And I'm like, you, you, I, I, I'm, you're just flabbergasted. And yeah. part of me is like, well, I guess she kind of needed it. I mean, you're I, I was in the same place that many people were. And sad to say, now she has developed where they give the shot between the shoulder blades, you know, a massive mm-hmm. lump. You probably see this all the time. And luckily she has not had anything else going forward because I, you know, part of my own awakening and it's like, oh, that's, this doesn't sound right. And she's, she's healthy and she's fine and she's not around other. And then I, I've always been a skeptic and I started doing more research and come to find out, well, rabies, rabies, as I call it because a, a friend of mine was creating the, his own certificate yeah. from a previous one that he just needed for a groomer. And he thought, well, this I'm just going to make my own certificate. Types it all up, goes to the groomer, looks at it again to make sure it's signed. It's like certificate of rabies. <laughs> <laughs> so that was so funny. But pay, people do that. They'll do um, a false certificate. They'll get a, um, an exemption from the vet saying, and I think this mm-hmm. is great have the vet say this animal is not um, able to tolerate this vaccine. And then you have that document or you find a way around it by having a holistic vet. So I know, you know, I had a groomer come and trim Teddy's nails and then there's no issue because I don't have to take her anywhere. But the, the thing is over the last year or so, the vets have been pressured to do this whole rabies push again because they weren't doing it for a long time. I took my dog all the time to the vet. If she, you know, like, does she have a hitch in her get along or, you know, can you check her tooth? They never said a thing. And suddenly now, not just me, but thousands of people have emailed me and said, yeah, my vet is all about rabies now. What's up with that? Well, the CEO of Pfizer is a veterinarian. That's one thing that I thought was interesting. And they just want to, I think they want to, keep the veterinarian. I don't think a vet sits at home at night going, how many shots can I inject? So have a patient for life. There probably are some mentally ill ones that do that, but by and large, I don't think that's their end game, but you have to admit that the animals become sick and they become lifelong patients. So, you know, knock on wood, my animals are very healthy. We do not inject them again. As I say, after that initial, my other's came from New Orleans when I was doing animal rescue there after Hurricane Katrina, they gave them their kitten shots. And it's like, they, they, the whole way that we talk about it. So we need to change the language. We need to say that they're being injected with unnecessary chemicals that have side effects. Many vets now are coming out about this and speaking out against it. I have a healthy American vet practicing veterinarian who affirmed what I said 
Rabies has never been proven to exist. It is a computer mod model, just like uh, COVID and all of that. Viruses themselves have never been proven to exist. You can't, just like they want me to prove my faith. Well, I want them to prove their virus. Right. <laughs> I want to see it with my own eyes. You're singing my song. Germ theory is a whole bucket of lies. You're right. Viruses are, it's, it's all a nonsense. You're right, Neely. But it, it crumbles their entire house of cards. I know. And the thing is, let's even play their their song for a moment and say, okay, all right, we'll, we'll give you rabies. All right, we'll go along with your fantasy here. Nobody's had rabies. No animal has had rabies. No companion animal has had rabies in decades. I think it's been a hundred years in France since they had a case. And then when I, and again, anybody can do this research. When I mm -hmm. showed the tests that they use to test for rabies, they don't test for rabies at all. They're testing for some kind of cellular change that could have come from the very shot that they were given. So you, it's like somebody having, um, they, they come in and they've got, uh, I don't know, a broken bone. And you're like, well, was that falling off a ladder? Was that because you uh, got hit by a car? Did you fall off your bike? Or did you, you know, you the broken bone is not going to tell you what caused it. And the same thing when they, they look at this. And so I was exposing that over the last few videos, just because I, again, I thought everybody knew that. I thought it was old hat by now. And the main thing was people was asking, people uh, were asking me, how can I avoid this shot? And then I'm like, well, you, first of all, it doesn't even exist. Secondly, even if it did exist, it's not in, in our society. That would be like each of us having to get a smallpox vaccine, which they probably want to do, um, or a polio vaccine every six months, every year, just in case we get polio. Well, no. So this is something I want to continue to speak out about. Here's the, the kicker. People, as you know, don't want to admit that they were duped. They That's don't right. want to admit that, wow, yep. they pulled a fast one on me. So they'll just keep being duped, even though like inside they do know that they were bamboozled, but they don't want to admit it because then again, if they're not a, a strong enough of character, I'm just giving a generalization. Everybody has their own reasons why, but it it's a logical conclusion that if you're not strong enough to go, yeah, man, they totally pulled a fast one on me. And then go on with your life instead of they pulled a fast one on me and then your whole life has crumbled and you're, you feel bad about yourself and what you did to your animal. No, you learn from that and move on. So get the moral support you need from others. Stand up for yourself. Stand up for your animals. And consider what and how great their life will be without all of these poisons in their body. I've got a 13-year-old Rottweiler. That's unheard of. Mainly, and, and well, she's a mix. But mainly these larger animals live to be eight, nine, 10 years old. She's 13 and going strong. We call her a 13 year old puppy. So I did raw food for a long time. And I actually, I, I didn't really know what I was doing. <laughs> so I just bought like raw chicken thighs and I would yeah. hold them and she would eat them like a popsicle as I was holding it. And it got to the point where she would not eat her food unless I held it for her. <laughs> yeah. Greasy. And also I've done uh, the freeze-dried raw foods. And I'm telling you, the quality of the food, it, that is the building blocks for the animal. So people also just need to have that experience. They can see the result with their own eyes and move ahead that way. So kind of acknowledge those choices you made in the past, say, 
How can I learn from this going forward? Cut yourself some slack. Don't beat yourself up. Give your own self that compassion and understanding and forgiveness, which is so hard. And it's an opportunity to learn and grow. Yeah, it's it's amazing to Neely and I that people think that you can put toxins in either a human or a pet and and expect them to be healthy. <laughs> yeah, expect something to get better. It's like it's stunning. It's stunning. People want a quick fix. They they want the quick fix. Yeah. They uh, don't want to eat well and exercise, so they think, you know, the, the people that were wearing the masks, I'm like my friend, there are I can see that there are other things you could do in your life to get healthy other than wearing a mask. That's not where you want to start. So it, it's like a quick fix. And the shots people think are medicine. And, and medicine in and of itself has all of the side effects. So mm-hmm. there are, you know, there are always um, other options. Now, of, of course, there's a place for mainstream medicine. If you do have a broken leg, you need a cast or, that's it. Um, you know, <laughs> your arm, then you need something stitched mm-hmm. up. That's my mom was a, a nurse in the ER. She was in trauma medicine. She did not care for the mainstream medical merry-go-round where you're on all the subscription. It's like a subscription. How about that? I'm going to subscribe to these pills and you never get off and you've got your doctor's appointments. And as she was getting into her senior years, she said, oh my gosh, the only thing these people want to talk about is their doctor's appointments and all their ailments. So I'm here to live. I want to talk about life and movies and painting and, and traveling and, and bird watching and coming from a medical background. She never cared for mainstream medicine. I never went to a doctor when I was a child. Just Mm-mm. luckily I didn't, you know, she was able to take care of things and it was just not a part of how I grew up. Yeah, it is. It is such a mind psyop. It is such a psyop that is, be, that is done. And one of the reasons Peggy, that we know that all of these rabies shots and their, you know, the lepto, all the kind of stuff that they're pushing all the time. One is because the corporate veterinary clinics are taking over all of the independents. So all of the independent vets that could actually do medicine, individualized medicine on a dog or a cat and not put it into their computers of which these corporate oh. veterinarians have, right? I so did now not you know that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So um, the candy company, Mars, owns all big dog food, right? They're buying up all of the veterinary uh, um, offices, too. So now you have, uh, you know, the Banfields and and all the little ones are being incorporated into this big umbrella, all owned by a candy company. So they really are, and they're having to do the same as the human hospitals are. You know, they have a protocol. I mean, we've seen dogs come through with, and they're on exactly the same protocol from it. I'm like, okay, well, this this is ridiculous. It, and so it's, it's following exactly the same um, setup as the human system is. And and what you said earlier about doing this, they'll have a customer for life. The vets themselves may not be doing it, but corporate policy is forcing that right. onto them. So it's happening like that. Yeah, our daughter. No idea. Our daughter's yeah. a vet. She's still with an independent clinic, but that clinic is wanting to sell, and that clinic that she is with right now does not require that the vaccine vaccines be updated to go in. But every other one that we that we see now uh, is like that. So that's what you see. You see the corporate uh, corporatocracy taking over because if if Americans, if healthy Americans are 
waking up because of what you're doing and and a lot of people are doing this that and the vaccine hesitancy is happening well they can just go right over into the veterinary world because pet parents just trust their vets Uh they don't question they don't question and yet peggy we have over a 50 percent uh what would you say 54 percent cancer rate in pets neely something around in that yeah at least and it's growing continually growing and they, I mean, they started, you know, that with cats, they um, they were having such a problem with um, it ending up with tumors from the rabies vaccine that they started giving it at the base of the tail. So if they developed a tumor, they could just amputate the tail. Oh. I mean, and, and, and if it, your dog has a and they continue to do it. Yeah. And if your dog has a has a has a history of having reactions to vaccines, nobody thinks to stop doing it. They're like, oh, we'll give them a Benadryl before, which. Again, even if you play by their rules, a Benadryl is an antihistamine and it stops the immune reaction, which by definition is what a vaccine is designed to do. So even playing by their rules, how does that make sense? It doesn't. And even people that question their own doctors in their right. in the human field, they don't a lot of them don't question their vet. And then of course there's some that go the other way, but still. Yeah. Right. I, I do believe that sadly, there is an agenda with all of the, you know, free rabies clinics, free shots Mm -hmm. this weekend, low cost span neuter. I wouldn't be surprised. And I'm sure it's easy to do some digging to see who is actually footing the bill for that, you know, paying these clinics or giving grants and all of that so that they can do this. And it's a little tricky in the animal rescue world, because so much of the work is related to free shots, low cost Mm -hmm. span neuter. Mm-hmm. The spay and neuter is not the only answer. You know, I, I have, I, I wish I hadn't done that to my Teddy. I was very conflicted about it. And I waited for a couple of years, well, however long I could waited quite a while because I knew of all of the benefits of the hormones. But even, even then, you know, this was 10, 12 years ago, I was still blinded by what the vet said should be done. And I know of animals so sad that rescue animals that were lost on the table under, you know, undergoing this procedure. They were either too old, too ill. They were going to be the only, you know, cat in an indoor house. Like, why would you even do that? You have no idea the, where the cat's history. And it's, I really am speaking out more about that. And uh, Dr. Becker, who you probably uh, are familiar with, I don't know if you You're making a face there. (laughs) But anyway, she did speak out about a personal experience and how she no longer recommends the spay and neuter at what the, you know, veterinarian uh, recommendations are. And just to rethink that because it's so, it's just another example of things that it's not a one size fits all. And there are other ways of helping, you know, the homeless animals and, you know, there's education, there's so many other facets and it's not the one size fits all. I was pressured when I had my animals from Katrina, not only, not was I pressured, it was required. They microchipped these six week old kittens and they were also uh, spayed. And I, I believe that that has had a negative effect going forward. So I would not, I do not have a microchip in Teddy. I would never do that again. I understand the idea that they sell to people that you can find your animal. But the fact of the matter, you don't always do that. They're not always scanned. They're not up to date. It might for whatever reason. And to me, I started to connect the clots, as I say. And mm-hmm. I, I saw that 
what they're doing with the sterilization and microchipping of animals, they're my children. These are my children, my animals. How is that any different from the microchipping and sterilization of your children? It's a step to get us used to the idea to move it on forward. I mean, there's been... There's all kinds of proof to show, um, you know, microchips, the the readers are not universal. The chips are not universal. They move around. They cause cancer, tumors. I mean, injecting a foreign body in into an into your body is just never a good idea. There's the recovery rate is not any better than a collar tag. And then the spay and neuter thing, if you look at the statistics from countries that do, you know, like the U.S. that has a, a a very strict straight neuter mentality versus um, Latino countries like Mexico and all this, there is the, the um, unwanted pet population. There's no difference. There's, there's no difference. It makes no difference. If anything, um, it makes it worse. It's kind of like gun control. The less guns, the more crime, you know, it's the same, it's the same inverse relationship. So it's a, it's a ridiculous policy and nobody, But nobody questions it. They don't think about it. And it's, you know, I get all wound up about that kind of stuff, too. Yes, absolutely. Because of what you just said, though, Peggy, nobody comes out and and sells something from a um, unhappy place or a negative place. Right. So everything that's being sold, you're going to have. Uh, the ability to find your pet. Right. So we sell the foreign object in the body. You're going to have convenience. So many people like us are speaking out against that, fighting against it. I know that it is, you know, David versus Goliath, but we do have our wins. We have important wins. And more important than the win is that you are standing up for yourself. You're living your truth. You're fighting for God's truth. And that is important regardless of the result. We know that we are victorious in the end. We stand from a place of victory. And that's the other thing that keeps me going is I know uh, I don't have to do it alone. I've got God's, it's God's battle, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We are here. He put us, all of us here at this point of time in history. I'm kind of flabbergasted. I did not realize this would be happening during my lifetime, but we are in a complete revolution, political, spiritual, cultural, uh, educational, um, scientific, medical, all of this is happening. You ladies are on the front lines as well you know, keeping the animals healthy, creating a new way for people to learn and use. And it's in opposition to the bad guys. They want us sick, nearly dead, not completely, not all of us, because they need us, you know, (laughs) as the slaves, but they want us just hindered enough that we can't think clearly and take action. So uh, honored to be on the path with you ladies. Wow. What a great opportunity to hear about what you're doing. And I'm a hundred percent in support of this and really appreciate being on the podcast. Well, thank you for coming on. Now tell everybody how they can find you. It's Peggy Paul, wait, the healthy org. Org, O-R-G, uh-huh. And you put in the, the, the healthy org. If you put the healthy com, I think it goes to like a mask website that somebody oh my put gosh. up to, you know, <laughs> intimidate me. I've had all sorts of weird stuff people trying to do, but basically I do a, a YouTube video, a live stream every afternoon. We're just changing to 4 PM Pacific. And if you can't make it live, it's recorded, go to, to the healthy American on YouTube, 
click on the live tab or the video tab. I've got hundreds of videos covering a whole variety of topics, including, you know, weather manipulation, the spraying in the air, the, uh, there's a whole series I do called the lies you've been told. I talk about rabies. I talk about, of course, your religious rights. I talk about freedom, talk about how to keep going when you don't feel like it. So join me there. It's 4 PM Monday through Friday. We have a great community, people supporting each other. And if you can't catch it live, catch the replays. I'm on all the social media, Instagram, rumble and so forth. But YouTube has been, uh, has the largest audience and it's where I am regularly. I have a Substack, a free Substack, peggyhall.substack.com. If you're interested at all in the whole rabies fiasco for you know, th those that are listening, I've got links, I've got how-tos. We also talk about ending animal experimentation. Yes. So it's the whole gamut. I love now that a lot of my messages are coming out back toward my animal welfare because that's something I've done from a very young age have done it for decades uh, in different countries around the world. And it goes hand in hand. They've, as we talked about, they're using the animals as a way to bring us through incrementalism to concepts and actions that, that we really need to stand up against. So I'm here, I'm with you, I'm beside you, I'm for you. And uh, really got just so much fun. Gosh, what an honor to make your acquaintance and to know you're doing this great work. Thanks, Peggy. Everybody get over to Peggy Hall site. She is a fireball those days when you just don't have energy. Well, go listen to Peggy because she will she will rev you up. I mean, this woman, I got to get on whatever you're eating. I got to eat. OK, because <laughs> I got to have that energy. Get over to raw dog food and You guys where your pet's health is our business and we're friends. Don't let friends feed kibble. We'll see you soon, everybody. Bye bye. Bye, y'all. Oh, snap. Find out how you can start your dog on the road to health and longevity. Go to rawdogfoodandcompany.com, where friends don't let friends feed kibble and where your pet's health is our business. Just snap. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 